Greetings, everyone. Just a couple words of announcement. The first of those announcements is that we would like all the members of our country, we will not be having our normal Sunday work until you hear, instead of just setting a date like we were doing for a while, saying through this point, through that point, what we're trying to do here is make ourselves so that when everything is set in place, back to, so rather than, you know, canceling weeks out in advance, we're going to ask you, assume that there are no services here in official announcement. I do also want to know that our church and the district officials that serve our Minnesota North have been in contact with on our behalf about the restriction placed on the congregation. Next, I want you to know that both congregations have to, that this week they will serve union, will do so in groups of, there will be times that both congregations come at peace. These services will be on first set of 10 a.m. 11 and the second seven Paul's serve on Thursday. Peace will decide after this service how often uh, we are going to offer services at St. Paul's. The congregation there has already decided that they will just plan on offering that every, so again at peace this to 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and again 7 p.m. and at St. Paul's Thursday at exact details on how these services go, how they'll be conducted, what you might need to know before coming will be placed by Monday at and also on which website there become uh, just so exactly how that day. Uh, also, please, uh, if you have some people that are coming that can't check those. The other thing is that Peace has decided to let small groups or less in the church so long as they're following the regarding. The one thing we would ask though is that if your group is that you would please let end up having multiple. Yeah, we're all going to meet on Saturday. If your group wishes to start those discussions, it has to be or less, uh, but you can start those discussions to find out a time that you would like to talk directly about that. I also want to remind you uh, that on the third and the fourth Sunday of each month, I lead a program on W100.9 FM that contains the reading service, the readings and sermon of the week. Especially share this new with those who don't uh, have the ability to watch services online but may have a radio uh, and list. So that is 100.9 uh, Sunday mornings, the third and fourth Sunday at 9 a.m. I should say every Sunday at 9 a.m. One of our sister congregations. So that's a nice way in this time to tune in Sunday. 9 a.m. and a radio. The last uh, couple things I'll just throw out again. Bible study news on each week. We're with Titus. Each Wednesday, a new episode of that is placed on the website. Offerings, you place your offering envelope inside of another envelope and send that to the address. Uh, that's been really well. We do all three that in time. Uh, and, and finally, any other questions or comments you have, do direct those to me, leadership people. Okay, I hope that uh, is clear. Everything you do have any, but at this time, then we will turn our hearts towards God. Hear His God speak with you this day.
is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our service for today is Divine Service Setting 3. If you have a hymnal in your home, you can find that on page 104. In, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us our help in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. We take a moment of silence to reflect upon our need of God's Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer. We poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by your Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will, and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given His only Son to die for us and for His sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on His name, He gives power to become the children of God and has promised this Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. Our introit is from Psalm 100. And your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for you have by them given me life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. We sing the hymn of praise. This is, this is the beginning.
Let us pray. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding accomplish. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading for the sixth Sunday of Easter is from Acts chapter 17. While Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him, as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and in the marketplace every day with those who happened. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, What does this babbler wish to say? Others said, He seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities, because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took hold of him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting, for you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling and hearing something. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to the God, who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God, in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own prophets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in Yet do it with gentleness, respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, 
now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandment, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me, and I in Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, O Christ. We confess our common faith together in the words of the apostles. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence will come to judge the living. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Communion of Saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our first reading from Acts chapter 17, where Paul preaches in Athens. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul walked into the city of Athens, and what he saw was a city full of idols. There were statues and shrines to every conceivable god. No one would be left without something to turn to, something to place their fear, love, and trust in. If you had a new god that you wished to introduce, the people of Athens were more than ready to hear about it, and perhaps even embrace it. If you didn't want to pick a specific idol, well then you could just worship the unknown god, to whom they had made a shrine as well. What do we see as we walk into the culture in which we live? Is it not also full of idols? Increasingly, you can actually find literal statues and shrines to every conceivable false god in almost every major city in our country. No one, seems, is left without something to turn to, something to place their fear, love, and trust in our day. And if religion or the worship of carved images in sacred spaces is not your thing, well then there are a whole myriad of other things that you can worship. And if you don't want to pick a specific idol, or at least not identify it to others, well then you're free also in our culture to worship the unknown God. You're free to say you believe in something, that you think there might be something out there that you are spiritual, but you don't wish to say any more about who you worship. And know this, the prophets of these various idols in our day, well, they always keep quite busy spreading their false gospel. If your idol is money, well, then the prophets right now are talking and writing 24-7 to keep you tied to that idol. Even in this moment where it seems like that idol is not producing the security that it promised, they will tell you that this idol is simply sleeping and it soon will wake again. They will give you commands about what you ought to do right now in order to make sure that you can continue to place your trust in this idol. Here's how you safeguard your investments. Here's how you make sure you don't lose anymore. Here's how you can increase your holdings even as others suffer. If entertainment or sports is your idol, the profits are out as well. Again, it seems for this moment that this idol has been proven somewhat fragile, that it has fallen to the floor and it is cracked. That does not mean people have stopped worshiping it. No, the prophets of this idol will tell you that your life is not full without such things. They will promise too that soon they will return and you will get your fix. They will tell you to turn to other forms of entertainment in the meantime, spending all of your time watching useless shows, all with the approval of your friends who will ask you what you're binge watching next. If food is your idol, well, those prophets are happy to talk to you as long as it takes in order to get your tongue salivated. They show you pictures of the food you used to be able to eat so freely. They encourage you to make it through these days by eating and eating some more in your home. They tell you that getting the food you really want is certainly the one thing that is worth the risk of getting out. If knowledge or information is your idol, well, those prophets, they're having a heyday right now. The number of articles, videos, and podcasts being produced by these prophets is weary. You are assured you need not fear if you know this or that. You are told you must trust in this expert or that counter-expert. You are told that you must love one idea and hate another. If the government is your chosen idol, well, their prophets, they have not been furloughed. They will assure you safe. 
They will tell you that they are the only ones who can truly get you through a situation like this. They will encourage you to keep connected to them at all times. And if you wish to turn to another religion, the prophets of those religions are surely welcoming to you. The prophets of Buddha will tell you that daily guided meditation is really the key to getting through all of this. The prophets of Judaism will tell you to turn to them since they have endured great trouble in the past. The prophets of Islam will tell you that theirs is a religion that banishes fear, submission to Allah. And again, if you just want to believe something right now because everything seems so uncertain, well, our culture will also applaud that, regardless of what you choose to believe in. If you wish to say that you're spiritual and not religious, you'll receive a good pat on the back. If you say that you are an atheist, but a good and kind atheist, you will be given praise. If you want to sort of mix together different parts of different religions into something that works for you, you will be considered wise. Now, of course, I should say not all of these things that I've mentioned as idols are inherently bad. The false gods of false religions, they're inherently bad. But many of the other things are only bad when they become our idols, when we place our fear, love, and trust upon them. Otherwise, they would simply be good gifts to receive from the Heavenly Father. Indeed, money and food and leisure are certainly gifts that God wants to give to us. Knowledge and information can indeed lead to wisdom and prosperity. And yes, whether you feel it in your hearts today or not, the government is a gift that God gives us to protect and to help reward, and punish, reward good and punish evil. But the prophets of each of these things are not simply trying to get you to believe that they're good gifts. They're trying to tell you that those things are what is essential to you, that they are what you fear, love, and trust in. And it's not just others in our culture that are buying into the lies of these prophets. Even those of us who know the true God through his son Jesus are tempted to embrace these idols if but for a while. We get fearful and so we go check our bank account. We get antsy and we head to the fridge again. We begin to think frantically, pick up a book or watch an online video. We get nervous, turn on the press conference. We might even read something from another religion, just see what it's all about. We may wonder if those who say they are worshiping an unknown God are the ones being most honest about what they can know. Only one to all of that we are. We must hear the preaching about Jesus and his resurrection. That old teaching must become new in our ears again. We must demand that we get to hear it rather than simply thinking of it as another option that one might embrace. For God, you see, he has overlooked times of ignorance, but now he commands that all people everywhere must repent, as he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. Jesus, that one whom he raised up from the dead, he is coming. And all those who are found trusting in worthless idols will be judged harshly on that day. So let us put down our own idols. Let us beg God that he might give us prophets who will preach to us the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Even if in the moment that message seems foreign to us even, because we've got so accustomed to hearing the prophets of our world speaking, may God be merciful to us. And let us hear that message again in all of its sweetness. May it be a message that indeed goes from being foreign in our ears to being the most prized possession in our heart. Let me proclaim to you today the one God who is, he is your Father, who has created all things and still preserves them. He is the Son whom the Father has sent in order that you might live forever. He is the Spirit 
who through his church forgives your sin and gives you new life, making you a new creation, a holy person. It's the only God you need. So cast down all the other idols. For their prophets are but liars. The one God you need, he has come to you in his Son, in order that your sins might be forgiven and that you might have life forevermore. He has come, that on that last day when he returns, you might be judged righteous, not on the basis of your own deeds, instead on the basis of his work that he did for you. Those prophetic words are certain, true, and you should place your trust in them. For as Jesus said in the Gospel, he has not left you as an orphan. No, not even in this time of uncertainty. He has come. He does come to you. And he will come. He makes himself known to you. You are safe. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their need. For the faithful proclamation of Jesus Christ to those who do not know him, that through hearing the word of the Lord, many may be brought to faith and to the knowledge of the truth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church of God here and everywhere, that all who confess Jesus Christ may be united in doctrine and witness, defended against all the assaults of the enemy, and eager to gather together around your word and sacrament in love for one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For these congregations, for the work of the kingdom in our community, and for the resources to accomplish all that God desires, that his name may be glorified among us and his purpose fulfilled in our words and our work. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the agencies and the institutions through which we love our neighbor and provide for those in need, for those who are destitute and homeless, and for everyone who suffers unemployment or underemployment, that we may aid them in their needs and assist them to find honorable labor to supply all of their. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the lonely who suffer the burdens of life without friendship or family, for those depressed or wearied by the pandemic measures, and for the fellowship of the church, that we may bear one another's burdens and live in community with Christ as our head. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and those who suffer, especially Pamela Berge, Peggy Harris, Larry Alm, Tom Koski, Elaine Stieg, Sharon Mosbeck, Dorothy McCuskey, Jody Shelton, and Dennis Van Gilder, as they suffer the effects of cancer. For Bev Newham, who continues in hospice care. For Jenny Alleman, as she rehabilitates after a minor stroke. And for Glenn Hemphill, as he recovers after pacemaker. That God would grant healing to their bodies, peace for their minds, and consolation in their grief. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the love of godly things that we may delight in God's word and walk in his ways, and for the that we may be led into all truth and kept from all error and false doctrine. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the nation, for those who lead our nation, for an end to the pandemic, for peace among the nation, and for an end to terror and violence, that we may work for the common good so that justice may prevail, life be protected, and truth abound. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord our God, as we recall the obedient life and life-giving death of your Son for our salvation, we pray you to strengthen our faith and to make our hearts bold, that we may not fear, but address our prayers to you in all humility. Hear us on behalf of Jesus Christ, our great High Priest, 
who even now stands before you on our behalf, pleading our cause with his own blood, until that day when we are delivered from the change and chances of this mortal life and stand before you in heaven. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray together the Lord's. Our Father, who art, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.